I'll focus on our first reading today. King Ahab and his wife Jezebel. It's pretty fearsome warnings here that the Lord has given through the prophet Elijah against Ahab. These are really vivid depictions of animals eating the bodies of these people. And uh, it's an expression of how sinful they are, and hence they're going to receive a just recompense for their sins. Ahab, um, you know, it says here, the number. there's a lot of bad things going on with this guy. One of them was uh, that he allowed himself to be manipulated by his wife, Jezebel. Jezebel was a bad, bad woman, pagan woman. So he married a pagan and then let this pagan woman totally influence how he governed and, and what he did. And... I don't think it's so much, you know, the pagan religion itself that was terrible in the the eyes of God. I think it was more, when it comes to the pagans themselves, that it led them to do various practices that were uh, very clearly, obviously contrary to morality and and reason. Uh, Offering children in sacrifice, things like that, okay? Uh, When it comes to the Israelites, though, they were given... The true faith. And I think the sin for someone like Ahab, who himself fell away from the true faith and adhered to a kind of a pagan, idolatrous religion, um, I think that was the problem. You know, it's not so much the pagan, idolatrous religion itself, but it's the fact that he was given the true faith and then he left it for this inferior human religion. And I would say that's the problem. And then not only did that, he do that for himself, but then he let everybody else to do the same. So there's a big difference between when we sin, but then when we lead other people to sin. Okay, maybe we're multiplying the sinfulness of what we're of what we're up to. Hence these the, these terrible uh, prophetic predictions of the chastisement of the punishment that's going to come upon Ahab and his wife Jezebel. Uh, but what I, I find really fascinating to me, and you can find this in the Bible multiple times, especially in the story of Jonah and the Ninevites. Jonah goes through the city of Nineveh and he says, in 40 days, God's going to destroy the city. And he preaches that for like, I don't know, a week or something. Okay, So if you pay attention to that statement, there's no condition involved. He's saying, in 40 days, this is going to happen. And same here with Elijah's uh, prophetic uh, pronouncement against Ahab. This is what's going to happen. The dogs are going to eat your body or whatever it is. Period. There's no, there's no condition to it. Nonetheless, what happens with the, with the Ninevites in relation to Jonah is exactly what happens with Ahab in relation to Elijah. The Ninevites say, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Let's all repent. And so they do. They put on sackcloth and they fast and they do works of penance and they're truly contrite in their heart. And God spares the city. So that pronouncement against the city, which appeared to be totally without condition, it's not like God didn't say, well, if you keep doing bad things, uh, you know, I'm going to destroy you. If you repent, I won't. He doesn't say that. It's just he, he has this bold statement, you're going to be destroyed. Nonetheless, implicit within that was a condition, obviously, because they repented. And then God took, he changed his mind, or apparently 
changed his mind. He didn't punish them. So also with Ahab. Ahab's a bad dude, but he repents sincerely, both externally in his acts, in his acts of penance, and within his heart. He's truly contrite. And God changes his mind. He reduces the punishments uh, uh, very significantly. So I think the lesson for us is that God is merciful. Okay, what, what apparently seems to be this terrible prediction of punishment really contains within it a condition of mercy. If you repent, I will revoke this punishment and these negative consequences won't happen to you. So we see how important human freedom is in the choices that we make in how God governs the world and his plan and how he fulfills his plan and how he relates to us. And he's merciful. So even as terrible as he appears sometimes in the Old Testament, hidden behind that terrible aspect is this wonderful mercy and his willingness to relent in his chastisements if we repent. That's what he really wants, after all. And I think that's why he comes off so strong. You know, they say about uh, St. John Vianney that he was a... A lion from the pulpit, but a lamb in the confessional. <laughs> so it's kind of like uh, it, it's scaring you to do the right thing. Because what he wants you to do is repent. And so he kind of comes off with this really fierce face. But really behind that fierce face is a, is a soft heart of mercy that really is aiming not at your punishment, but at your correction, at your salvation, at your uh, repentance. So we see God's mercy even though, uh, you know, the appearance of the, of the fearsome face of God, there's really behind that, that appearance the truth of, of his mercy for us all. Uh, and it's a lesson that our freedom and the choices that we make have a huge influence upon how God governs the world and that all of us uh, need to never lose hope in God's mercy and to live lives of uh, penance and contrition.